Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Listening to the overnight crowd. You are on the overnight crowd on this Wednesday evening, going into Thursday morning, the twenty second of June. I'm Bray Loveridge on the overnight crowd, right across Australia on the SEN network this evening, and there's well. Been a lot of news today. Jordan Goey has obviously been one of the main talking topics of the day. But on a bit of a positive note, the Big Bash. A lot of talking points about whether the Big Bash is dying, what needs to be done to improve it. Well, Cricket Australia today announced that the BBL draft is going to be a thing in season 22-23. And to discuss it all... It is Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. Paul, good evening and welcome to the Overnight Crowd. Thanks, Bray. How are you going? Very good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm really, really happy because um, the AFL draft, I remember in 2017-18, was on the first day of the Ashes and they stole a bit of the thunder. So it's great <laughs> to hear cricket being talked about in the footy season. Yeah, imagine it getting taken on the, say, grand final day or Brownlow medal night. That would be massive. <laughs> but um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well... The news is all imports will now be signed through a draft this season for the first time. Is this a bit of a shock for you or something you saw CA were perhaps wanting to bring into the game? Yeah, they've been talking about it and I think that they would have brought it in a couple of years ago except for COVID. Um, so it, it's not a surprise. And I, I think it's, um, I think it is good. I think it does focus attention um, it will stop clubs having to negotiate with these foreign players um, in, in a piecemeal way, and uh, it will draw a little bit of attention to to the process as well. And I, I love the fact that the um, the Cricket Australia are going to tip in a fair bit a fair bit of the money as well. So some of the players who nominate, um, you can kind of nominate it at gold, silver, or bronze level. Cricket Australia are going to up some of them to platinum level if they think that they are um, suitably large draw cards, and then the clubs will be able to bid on those players knowing that the players are going to get paid uh, rather nicely and the clubs won't have to foot the bill entirely. It'll kind of be outside the salary cap, the whole concept of the marquee player. So needs to happen in order for the Big Bash to try to compete for some of these big overseas stars. 100%. You mentioned platinum, gold, silver and bronze. How does it work? And I guess say you're a up-and-coming Pakistan player um, like uh, Harris Rauf a couple of years ago who was not really known to anyone. Would he perhaps have nominated himself as a bronze player? How how would the nominations work? Yeah, it's a little bit like that. How a bit like the, the reserve you nominate for the um, for the IPL. You can kind of um, you can say I, I want to go at um, just the gold level, for example. Um, if you're a, a fairly big player and you think I don't, I don't want to turn up for 
for a small amount of money, I'm either going to go for a high amount or not at all. Or you can say, yeah, I'll go for all gold, silver and bronze if you're a younger player just desperate to make just desperate to make an impact. And then, as I said, Cricket Australia will pick um, a few of the, the most, at least eight of the, um, the ones that they determine to be the most marketable. They will become the platinum players. And then in the first round of the auction, then each club will get the, um, the, the option of buying one of those um, uh, platinum players. I said auction, I mean draft. So um, it'll be pretty much in reverse order of where you finished um, last season. Not quite. Uh, Cricket always has to make things just a little bit extra complex. So if you you missed the finals last season, so if you're one of the three teams that missed the finals, they'll do a draw. They'll basically put six balls into a hat. Three of them will be for the team who came last, two of them for the team who came second last, one of them for the team who came third last. They'll pull the ball out. Whichever team gets it, they will then get the, the option of the very first pick. And I suppose there's some rationale behind that that they don't want to, you know, coming going forward, if, it, if it's a battle for the wooden spoon, you don't want to incentivise the team to come last too much. Um, yeah. You want to make it not a certainty that they're going to get the first pick. But that's kind of the way that it will, that it will go down. So, um, you know, the, the Sixers and the Scorchers who were in the, in, in the final last year will probably end up with one of the later picks towards the end of the of the, of the first round, yep. whereas um, you know the Renegades, the Heat, and the Stars who struggled um, will we'll get the first um, the first option at some of the really big name players. Yep, hundred percent. Can anyone in the cricket world apply for the BBL draft? Is that how you believe it's going to be working, or do you have to be some sort of well-known cricket figure? In the in the world, I think as long as you as long as you're not Australian, um, yeah. you can you can. So we can't go in it, but um, um, if you're overseas, you can go in. I, I imagine if you're a player of um, uh, questionable repute, you can still put your name down. I mean, plenty of people do that for the IPL. That, that there are hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of players who nominate for the IPL auction, and most of them obviously don't figure in the final calculations. So. Um, Oh, yeah, I think if you're a, um, a young player from around the world, uh, why not? You might as well put your name down and, and, and see what happens. But there'll be a maximum of uh, well, a maximum of 24 players that will actually be chosen this way because each club is going to be required to pick two, yeah. but can have no more than three. So the, yeah, the spots are fairly limited, um, but there's, you know, down at towards the, the bronze level, there's still uh, there, there could be an option for some young, exciting players and. Hopefully, if some of the clubs have done their research and their scouts are out there and they've worked out that there's a, there's a little bit of value to be had, um, even at the bronze tier, they're still thinking that you're probably going to get paid about $100,000. So it's um, not bad money to spend six weeks uh, travelling around Australia in the summertime smacking a ball around. For sure. Well, four rounds in the draft. Can clubs pass like a normal AFL draft? Um, yeah, they can pass. They, they will actually be required to pass to a degree because... Uh, as I said, they're at the, the maximum they can get is three. So all clubs will have to pass at least once, um, and um, some clubs will, will elect to pass twice. Uh, I, I don't think that um, you'd, you'd have to think that they, they will be tending to uh, look to pick someone off the, the platinum list in the in the first round. Uh, the second round, the gold players then get added in, as well as any of the platinums that um, weren't picked. And then it, the, the, the notion is a snake, that if you... Um, Let's just assume that the, the Scorchers do get the, the, the final pick of the first round, so the pick number eight. Yep. When the second round comes in and the gold players get added in, the Scorchers will get the first pick of right. the second round and then it will proceed, proceed in reverse order and then the third round and then the fourth round. But as I said, yeah, 
clubs will have to pass at least once or if they want to, twice. Can a franchise or club like the strikers potentially lose a marquee signing like Rashid Khan to the draft this year? Well, they've actually, they're, they're almost calling it the Rashid Khan rule because um, <laughs> that's the first question that, that everyone kind of has, that it would just seem wrong for Rashid Khan to be yeah. playing for a team other than the Adelaide Strikers. So the, there's, a, there's a rule against that, um, although it's only one player that you can um, protect in that way. And so if that player is picked up by another club uh, and you haven't had your go in that um, round yet, then you can say, no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll step in and take them. So let's say um, the Renegades get the first pick, Rashid Khan's there, and they say, yep, we'll take you. Then the, the strikers have the option of saying, no, no, we'll keep him. Um, that'll be our first pick. Now you've got to pick, um, you've got to pick from somewhere else. But if they uh, try to game the system and, and have their go and pick someone else, and then someone in the same round tries to pick up Rashid Khan, then they won't be able to. But I'm sure, that, um, I'm sure they wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I know we... Well, can't really beat the Indian Premier League when it comes to marquee franchise cricket. But would CA be wanting to obviously take this IPL approach to, well, with the auction that they use? And obviously we're going with the draft. But are they? would they be doing this to make it more interesting for viewers out there as crowds died off last year and numbers weren't as high as they were in previous years? I just think that they've realised that they've got no choice because the... the it's only getting harder, the competition as well, because there's now going to be a UAE league um, yeah. on roughly the same time. There's a South African um, league that's starting with a fair degree of backing from, um, from India. Um, and, so, and there's also the Bangladesh Premier League that, that occurs around, around about this time. So if Australia isn't willing to offer the big money, then the big players just aren't going to come. And as much as I said before, it's, it's, you know, it's a lovely lifestyle here in Australia in summer. Uh, at the end of the day, the uh, the cold, hard dollars uh, hit home. The interesting thing as well is, is that um, the amount that you get paid is not going to be linked to uh, how long you're, you make yourself available for. And I think that's quite a an important point. They've said if someone's going to be only um, able to be there for, say, half the season, yeah. they'll still get the, the, the full amount of money, um, but it'll be up to the individual club to decide whether or not that's good value for them to bid for them. Right. So it's interesting. So if it's an AB de Villiers, what, three or four years ago now where he only played, I think it was like four or five games, the Brisbane Heat would still get full match payment. That's the way, yeah, that's the way it works. But then the clubs could say, actually, well, we're not going to bid for him because we just don't yeah. think that's, um, that's worthy of the value. But I think that's where... Uh, so Cricket Australia are going to, I believe, um, ask the individual clubs to spend up to 350000 of their um, 1.9 million salary cap on these overseas players, and then the rest will be tipped in by Cricket Australia. So a platinum player, they're talking about something in the order of about 340000 they could get paid. Uh, and so if you decide, well, um, Cricket Australia is going to be largely footing the bill, it is worth um, getting someone as good as AB de Villiers for six weeks or eight, six matches or eight matches and the, uh, you know, the attendant interest and um, publicity that that, that that generates, then maybe they'll decide it's the right thing to do. Yeah, well, for sure. Well, the number of games in a season was a bit of a talking point last year. It's yet to be confirmed how many games the Big Bash will have this season coming up. But should CA look at bringing the total of games down from 14, this is per club, down to, say, seven or nine games? I just don't think they've got the option of doing that under the current television deal because 
the the lack of content that they would then have um, that they would be instantly having to take a, a massive um, haircut from the television company. So I, I think that 14 games in the season is is here to stay. Uh, that that one of the things I was reading was that they realised that the the day games were really losing them money and and losing them eyeballs, and so they're yeah. going to try to play as many games as possible um, in that nighttime prime time. And that's what, that was when it was at its highest, where there was that five years ago where it was kind of getting over people watching it on Channel 10 each night. And depending on your time zone, if, you, if I lived in Sydney, I, I knew that uh, 7.30, pretty much every single night, I was going to get Big Bash on free-to-air TV. And it became a, uh, just a thing that um, people were doing. And that's kind of been broken now with the, the, the two networks showing it. Some are on, some behind a paywall, some aren't. Some are on at various different times. So I think they're, they're hoping to try to get back to a little bit more of that. Um, uh, you know, every night there's a game on at, at 7.30, depending on, on your time zone. Would something be, it's like, a, in a way, a hub? So like, I'm pretty sure the IPL do it. They all just travel around to certain cities at each time. Would you think that would help boost up crowds at the games? Well, I, I think that's kind of a... Um, if COVID was demanding something like that, then yeah. then you might have to do that. But I think that... Uh, they would be reluctant to, to do that, and uh, you know the the power of the home team is, is yeah. still so significant that. Um, uh, so I think that uh, I mean that's the thing that you've got to give them um, a little bit so, so difficult that if we can imagine a world where COVID hopefully one day recedes and you can just have a a normal normal home and away season and you know. back action. I will hit a quick break and we'll come back and see if we can get Paul on on the other side of this here on the overnight crowd. You are on the overnight crowd on your Wednesday evening. It is 11.18 in the eastern side of the country, 9.18 in the western side of the country. You're with Bray Loveridge all night long here on SEN. And we were halfway through a chat with Paul Denner until, unfortunately, we lost him on the line. But we've got him back. Paul, welcome back. Thanks, Bray. I think I'm much better reception now, hopefully. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I'd love to, love to continue this chat. So just to where we're going off, the Big Bash draft announced earlier on today, this afternoon. Uh, so pretty much four tiers, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze is how each player will, I guess, nominate themselves. But platinum is nominate, or what's the right word here? You get selected, I guess. If you nominate yourself as gold, you can go to platinum, buy Cricket Australia in the Big Bash if you're one of the top players. And then pretty much there's a draft. In a way, it's like the NBA draft with the lottery. Uh, finish last in the latter of the year before you have more chance of getting pick one, which is the Renegades. They'll have a couple more picks. And pretty much any international player can sign up. Is that pretty much right, Paul, from that brief explanation? Yeah, and hopefully we get a few, you know, yeah. Joss Butler and um, Ben Stokes, Andre Russell, obviously Rashid Khan, maybe Liam Livingston, a few powerful names. And it's really going to be that first uh, eight players picked that I think will be really interesting. As you said, yeah. Cricket Australia are going to bump up um, some players who they think uh, are worthy of it from gold to platinum. And then each club will get an option of um, one pick at that platinum level in um in that in the first round so hopefully that can be something that um draws a bit of a spectacle um on the day itself of the of the of the draft um but more more um concrete in the long term hopefully it, it's a way to funnel more 
top international players um, into the Big Bash uh, rather than before. I still think that the, the the big thing is going to be as well, can they get the Aussies um, playing? And that's yeah. another thing that's come out, come out today, that with the South African um, 50-over games that were slated to be in the second half of January looking very doubtful, partially or mainly because South Africa are going to go back home to start um, playing in their own um, attempt, at, uh, uh, another attempt at getting a T20 league up and running there. Right that maybe we're going to finally get what Cricket Australia won, and that is after the Sydney Test match, which usually ends on about the 7th of January, about three weeks of clear air where the, the very best Australian players can play in the, in the Big Bash. And I really think that now that's the, that's the key factor. Overseas players are great, and it's a really important um, uh, part of what's going to happen. But I just think that whereas it was once OK for it to be lots of Shield players playing, it's now at the point where other leagues around the world have made that... Um, you know, redundant really, and it really needs yeah. to be Steve Smith and Pat Cummins and David Warner going around in order for it to, to recapture the interest that it had a few years ago. Well, that was my that was my next question. Should Australia have a, a block free to just play Big Bash cricket? Now, you can look at it. The T Twenty World Cup is what in October, November, so late. Well, yeah, late spring before the summer really even starts. Could you get perhaps maybe the Big Bash over and done with in, say, that block of period just before or, say, just after when the Ashes would finish in the UK when that comes around and just before the summer of cricket starts in Australia international-wise? Do you reckon there could be that sort of block there where they could just have Big Bash cricket shining on its own, stand alone and get the best players in the country there? I mean, it's a possibility, but I think that they would be reluctant to move out of January because that's when the the school holidays and um, yeah. that that's where it's been successful um, up until now. And I think that it would be a big uh, a big risk to to move it there. Also, the WBBL is kind of carving out a niche at that time, so yeah. it's one of the problems that we've got in this country that um, cricket, although it's nominally um, uh, you know a sport that should be played late spring all summer and into autumn it has become at the international level kind of condensed down to december and january is really when it has its chance to shine so i think that um i mean even when it's been spilling into february uh, people are saying once you get beyond the sort of school holiday period that the interest level um kind of really drops so i think that they've got to get that um uh that window of the australian players playing after the sydney test match and for the end of January and into the start of February. I think that's their best bet for it to be, um, to sort of um, resume being the juggernaut that it was a few years ago. Yeah, well, if the South African series does, I guess, fall away, then in a way that's a blessing in disguise, I reckon, for Cricket Australia to get the Big Bash thriving in that January period. But before I let you go from an extended chat tonight, Paul, the Australian tour of Sri Lanka, in terms of coverage, in my opinion, has been horrible. I didn't even know the series was on until I flicked on the telly about, what, a couple of weeks ago and I was just going through what was on. And there was the game one of the T20 series was on. Do you feel that the coverage for this series by, I guess, Fox Sports, because they're the ones that are broadcasting it for Australia, do you think it's been poor? Because a lot of people just don't know it's even been on. Well, it's actually, there's a sort of a, a link between those two themes that you're very right in saying that if uh, the South Africans leave, Cricket Australia will probably be quite happy to be able to play yeah. 
franchise cricket and the South Africans will be leaving to play franchise cricket. Yeah. And that's kind of a, a worrying sign for the international game that both boards are going to be quite happy probably for, for the series to evaporate. And there are just too many series of international cricket matches where they're being played out of um, obligation. And, um, you know, this series in, in Sri Lanka, the, the coverage has been amazing. I mean, poor Sri Lanka is undergoing a really financially horrendous time at the moment. There's fuel shortages and food shortages. People have been given a day off a week to start to grow their own food in anticipation of the, the food shortages that are to come. So the crowds there have absolutely loved it as a form of um, escapism. Um, but I, I can't criticise the, the local broadcasters too much because it's a very hard sell. Um, middle of football season, um, the games, the time zone's not too bad for the test matches because they'll start at kind of... Um, three in the afternoon, but when you're talking about a, a nighttime T20 game, that it's much, much, much later at night. Um, and that's the thing that the, the, the T20 game and especially the ODIs, they just don't really matter. They're the sorts of series that even the players who are involved, you ask them in two years' time, what was the series score? They're going to struggle to remember it. And yeah. so it's kind of um, glorified sort of, uh, friendly games in some way, and they, they just don't have that bite. And for 50-over cricket especially, where you know it's kind of uh, being pulled in both directions, that T20 is more entertaining, Test cricket has the sort of history, 50-over cricket's kind of at this stage the worst of both worlds, that it's a hard sell to get Australians to stay up uh, in the middle of the night to watch a series that, as I said, is largely going to be forgettable. But we've got to play it, because that's the, the way that... Um, bilateral series works you've got you've got to be able to uh, fulfill your obligations so as i said the good thing was it gave the people of sri lanka and is giving the people of sri lanka um, something pleasant to sort of divert them from um, a pretty sad state of affairs in their country at the moment well sure on the australian a side is also over there as well playing some cricket so plenty of cricket over there for the sri lankans to get amongst but paul appreciate your time and contribution tonight it's been a little bit longer than we intended but appreciate you hanging around to uh Get the final questions of me nailing at you. Uh, uh, getting, well, great for you to uh, hang on and wait for me to sort things out here on my, on my end. My pleasure, Brad. Anytime. Great to chat. Cheers, Paul. Paul Dennett there from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Well, it's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.